This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. Last chance if it drops right. Horse helps it on to Tyrone Mings and Konza! Esri Konza strikes goal for Aston Villa! Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Thank you for joining us for episode 97. Joining me, as per usual, Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. And we have brought him back from exile, Mr. Max Stokes of Villa on Tour. Welcome Uh, back. Hello. It's been a while, but I'm back. First time in 2020, is it not? Um, Yeah, I think it must be, yeah. Uh, Did you get all the Christmas presents that you wanted? Um... Uh, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. He's been raiding the January sales. Yeah, I was just thinking about Villa. They've picked up a few, you know, more wins. I'd, well, that's all I wish for for Christmas, just Villa to pick up some form. So, And they have, to be fair. So, I mean, I was looking back on my Instagram, uh, on my old man said, over like the last couple of Christmases, and I always put up like the token, all I want for Christmas is uh, nine points from these three games. And they never give me nine points. It's, We're always I, crap you know, over always Christmas, get, David. We know this. I always get sold short by the Claret and Blue Santa. Anyway, it's good to have you back. Uh, just before we uh, get into the show, I just want to do a quick shout out uh, to the show sponsor, Beer52. I know uh, quite a few of the listeners have taken up their offer of a box of 10 free beers. You also get a snack in there and a, and a magazine telling you all about the amber nectar that you've been sent. That's uh, 10 craft beers. And all you've got to do is pay the price of postage, which is four ninety five. Normally, uh, the Beer 52 uh, introduction offer is uh, eight beers. And also the postage is a pound more. So uh, because you listen to the show, you get an extra two 
free beers and uh, you save a quid on the postage. It's well worth uh, ordering and then you can cancel at any time. And just in case uh, you need to celebrate uh, Villa getting out of the bottom three or hopefully uh, next Tuesday getting to Wembley. But anyway, thank you uh, for all those people who have signed up uh, and enjoyed a drink on us. Right, coming up in the show, Escape from the Bottom Three. We look back at Brighton and uh, Watford games. We spoke about uh, Watford in detail in the uh, the extra show we crammed in a couple of days ago. So we'll look at the relegation picture more generally. Also look at the January window as well as Samata coming in. There's been some outs as well. We also look at uh, the latest update on the Ramussen diagram, which I'm now calling it, which is the chart to see how we're progressing uh, in terms of uh, the relegation picture at the end of the season. And we'll finish off with the return of a Scott Hogan touch count battle between Mr. Budd and Mr. Stokes. Before we hand over a platform to Mr. Budd and uh, his Villa Week and a Villa Minute, so just a few little... Uh, Villa snippets that have been happening uh, since last we spoke. Villa have signed Jack Grealish's replacement. Well, that's what I'm calling him. Louis Barry from Barcelona, who reteams uh, with uh, Academy manager Mark Harrison, who uh, you will know we got from uh, West Brom. I think it was in the summer, wasn't it? Yeah, he, uh, well, the end of last season. Up. So Baggy's fans are going to be really over the moon that as uh, we've poached both their academy manager, who uh, had them punching well above their weight, in this, in the youth, uh, does he do under twenty threes and below? Is that his remit? He, he, he see oversees the whole of the academy system, doesn't he? So it's yeah. it will encompass the academy, you know, the under twenty threes, and then all the age groups down. And he's managed to poach uh, from Barcelona. He, I think it was he, he was his main prodigy, wasn't he, from West Brom? So uh, Louis Barry used to be at West Brom, went to Barcelona, uh, didn't really get going at uh, Barcelona, and then uh, Villa obviously swooped in because uh, I'm sure. Harrison's been, you know, kept in touch. Well, the guy that signed him apparently left, didn't he? There was a bit of a restructure at yeah. La Masia, so apparently there was a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff going on, although he was actually settling over there. The, yeah. the, the, the landscape changed, so um, he's coming back to his boyhood club. Yeah, Barry's a, a Villa fan, as is all his family. That's why I'm calling him the uh, the Grealish uh, prodigy. And an equally questionable haircut. Exactly. I prefer Grealish's, to be honest. I even prefer Grealish's highlights. Grealish doesn't have earrings either. Yeah, but, uh, you know, when Grealish was 16, he was looking a bit... Ju- he, I mean, he looked super baby-faced when he was 16. Yeah, he looked about 12. Not as baby-faced as Max looked when he was 16, but... Uh, oh, that's, don't. That's another... <laughs> what, a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's another matter. Uh, and in other news, oh, here's a chance for my uh, dyslexicness on names to kick in again. Enia Luco has the famed Chelsea Juventus, and uh, she was an England centurion, wasn't she, for uh, England uh, women's team yeah has joined villa and I, I thought this was a great move she's joined a sporting director having retired from football uh, was it only last week or couple of uh, weeks ago which uh, is, is really a statement of intent to uh, push the Aston Villa women's team on another level I think they're unbeaten this season they should yeah, get promoted they're six, six points clear at the top aren't they the women's second second tier yeah because I mean they've been stuck in a limbo uh, over the last 
well, last five years. I mean, we I used to have somebody who would interview uh, the manager and you know the players there, and uh, I think this is the time of Doctor Tony, and they were always told it's almost like uh, promises that never materialised. What's the false promise called? A lie. A lie. <laughs> That's one way of saying it, Chris. Uh, but we'll stick with that. I like that. But yeah, so uh, so I think they kind of. Uh, they got to like the, the the edge of a cliff where they hoped they were going up and then when they got to the edge it was like oh it's just a downward slope so they were stuck in limbo but uh, the new regime that's come over and taken over uh, Aston Villa the new owners and I think Perslow as well are very much behind uh, getting uh, Aston Villa women's uh, team into the top tier and Luco obviously uh, actually she's probably my favorite in terms of you know women's pundits that obviously materialize now of the lot so i mean she's you know lawyer by trade i think she will be you know very much involved in the uh business side of uh, restructuring well she's a pro- you know she's a proper yeah she's a proper asset in between the you know, the women's yeah. side of the club and the academy you're looking at generally starting to build a culture of excellence from top to bottom throughout the club which is exactly what you want yeah because it's i mean it's been almost run as an afterthought before but it needs uh, to be if you're going to succeed with any team it's, it's got to be taken seriously and so this will put uh, them front and center and and also i, I kind of like her because she has uh, she's not afraid to kind of speak out against the establishment i mean there was obviously that kind of ding dong against uh was it the england manager she accused of being racist yeah i think so and it, yeah something like that yeah there was if there was there's been a few um i think it was during the women's world cup wasn't it there was a few yeah. outbursts but I, I i like it yeah i've, no- I've noticed she's been a victim of like trolls because uh she had a biography out, and if you look on the Amazon uh, reviews, there's all these like, oh, I wouldn't even light my fire with it, or uh, I wouldn't even use it as a doorstop, like one star, one star. And it's like, yeah, there's these fuckers haven't read it. They haven't even bought it. Who goes who goes trolling on Amazon? Well, I think there's a, there's obviously an agenda there. Just wait until Stokes brings his book oh. out. He'll, he'll, he'll also uh, receive this kind of blind uh, Coming troll. Soon. The Vot memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> Diary of the Vot. Ooh. Right, uh, and uh, the only other thing really to report is there's still murmurs of a second striker incoming. Obviously, uh, Ali uh, Samata is uh, in town and we're all eagerly waiting to see him make his bow at uh, Villa Park, hopefully against Leicester. Uh, I think that's the only thing we really need in, in January. I think we'll stick with what we've got and if we can get another striker, I think that would be uh, a decent enough January window, really. I think if you could buy confidence and consistency, that would be the, the thing to buy. Yeah, agreed. Right, is it time for a Villa Minute? I think it is. Oh my God. Right, let me get this stopwatch on. Sorry, I've got to find it. Right, are you ready? I am. I haven't even, re- I haven't even read this, so uh, I'm hoping it's a good one. Right, three, two, one, go. Still strikerless Villa go to Brighton, aiming to avenge the 6-1 thumping by Man City. They find themselves a goal down at half-time after a disjointed first-half performance. Substitute Douglas Louise sets up a thumping finish from Grudish for a superbly crafted equaliser in a much-improved second-half performance. Villa are the better side and good value for a point away from home. The Samata transfer is confirmed, but not in time for him to play in the huge six-pointer against Watford at Villa Park, where Villa start well, with lots of possession before Troy Deeney scores against the runner players. Villa go in a goal down at half-time. Watford spend 90 minutes time-wasting. Super sub Louise comes on again and changes the game, coming off the bench to score the equaliser. In a frantic finale, all three centre-backs combined with a long-range rain of punt up the field, won by Hawes, flicked onto Mings and lashed home with the last kick of the game by Esri Konza. To pandemonium in the whole end. Villa win 2 1, Justice and Karma are done, and Villa go up to 16th in the league and out of the bottom three. 
Enia Luko arrives as director of football for the Villa women. Villa confirmed signing of Louis Barry, and they now prepare for Leicester in the second leg of the semi-final. One minute. Boom. Boom. Anything to add, uh, Max Stokes? What was the highlight of your uh, Villa week? It's got to be the uh, the concert slash Mings goal, <laughs> and then the whole sort of uproar. You see all the interviews on Sky Sports and things, <laughs> like concert yeah. collapsing to oh, the yeah, floor. Yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was. That was I thought that was absolutely class. But yeah, it's got yeah, to be that, no doubt. About and I it. quite liked uh, Mings being interviewed, where he they said, uh, "So what have you got to say about where you could have been sent off? Nothing. Brilliant." <laughs> if you listen, if you listen to the last uh, My Old Man Said podcast episode ninety six point five, you'll find all that shit in the intro. We've just outed Bird. He obviously hasn't listened to that show. I actually have. I thought I thought I, thought <laughs> I was right, great. Sorry. I don't know about you. <laughs> Right, let's get into the three points so we can get into the meat and gravy of uh, the Villaverse. Uh, first up, uh, interesting tie this weekend. Uh, the Blues have the dubious pleasure of playing as the away team at their home ground. They travel to St Andrews, or whatever it's called nowadays, for the uh, FA Cup tie against Coventry. I mean, I can't imagine Villa ever being the away team at Villa Park in any context. We were once, though, and I went. Oh, which, which, when was that? In January 96, we played Gravesend and Northfleet in the FA Cup third round. And because their ground didn't fulfil the regulations for an FA Cup tie, they switched the tie to Villa Park. So we beat them 3-0 and we played in the blue AST away kit and won 3-0. Sorry, what year was this again? That was January 96. So we got to the semi-final that season. It was the same year we won the Coca-Cola Cup. I went to a West Midlands Police uh, Independent Advisory Group meeting, which I pop into. So they're obviously talking about the policing for the Blues Coventry. These meetings are quite good because you get a real uh, fly on the wall look at uh, how the police kind of operate and how they approach these things. And you can obviously uh, throw in your two pen up and you know, either through suggestions or criticism or whatever. It's kind of an open forum, which uh, is kind of unique. Blues have got 9,300 and Coventry have got uh, 9,600. They've basically drawn a line uh, diagonally across the ground and that's how it's kind of split. There's a, some interesting things happening uh, in the meeting. I think once one time they said Umbro, the other time they said Hummel, but they're sponsoring this football immunity where in one or two of the pubs they're going to do these you know where you have those cardboard frames to take selfies where rubbish those type of things but the idea is if you take a picture with an opposition fan you get a free beer free pint jesus you don't have to say what you do with the said pint glass in the photo (laughs) i don't think there'll be any glasses i think it'll just be plastic uh plastic pints But uh, I think they did it before. I can't remember what fixture it was, but I think they gave away like th- almost like 3,000 pints or something. Sounds like the kind of thing Leicester would do. Yeah, or Fulham. Oh, yeah, with a, with a nice slice <laughs> of cheesecake. Uh, but yeah, maybe they'll... Uh, I mean, it's quite an, an interesting idea to... Uh, I mean, because one of the things you kind of want the police to do is uh, police on behaviour of you know on the day rather than reputation if you know what I mean like rather than making kettling it off because of two rivals or uh, having uh, in the case of uh, the Coventry and uh, Swansea game where they have do they, was it facial recognition uh, yeah and all kinds of over you know zealous policing DNA sprays and all this kind of shit it's better to uh, try to create a better atmosphere or a more let's say uh, cordial atmosphere and then obviously the policing adjusts to that and uh, everybody can kind of enjoy their day. But uh, we they were joking, well, they were saying that the 
there shouldn't be much of a problem, but the the real problem comes if there's a replay and then Coventry are the away team because Coventry's trouble element really don't bother with home games. They go to away games, so suddenly they won't go to the you know the first leg, but they'll go to the the uh, the replay. So I suggested they should have the replay at Villa Park, just so everybody can join in and uh, <laughs> join in the fun. I'd say I'd send them all to Bescott. I don't want them at Villa Park. Well, you don't, but it's you know it's like it'll be like the, a Roman Colosseum, won't it? It'd be throwing some lions and stuff. We don't have to turn up. We just uh, make sure nobody leaves alive. Anyway, uh, before I get uh, arrested, uh, let's go on to point number two. I don't know how I feel about this, but Sheffield Wednesday are issuing. 10-year season tickets on the promise that uh, it will be valid for 10 years after the next promotion back to the Premier League. Well, you're going to be waiting a while there, boys. But you pay up front, like, is it six and a half grand? Yeah, six and a half grand. And I think they said it's valid potentially up to like 15 years, but it could potentially be like 25 years, they said, the actual yeah. like, length of your ticket. So the, lo- so the longer it takes, yes, yeah, so the longer it takes for Sheffield Wednesday to go up, essentially the longer the ticket will be valid for. And they've kind of made these promises that if a new owner comes in, I mean, this when I started yeah, to read all the... When I read the small print, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, it'll still be v- valid when a new owner comes in. Like, is this like, let's get as much money as we can stockpiled and then, and then let's run. Get, let's get the fuck out of here. I mean, they are merciless in terms of charging uh, the maximum amount for away tickets as we experience over three seasons. I mean, uh, they're, they're a joke. And when you are att- you know, when you attack them, uh, you know, their home fans all pipe up and say, oh, well, you know, it's just level of what we pay and it said yeah but you you shouldn't be paying you should be uh fighting for that and i think i don't know this this is taking the piss i think 10 years you know you don't know what happens in your life you might get a new job you might move abroad and you might not even be here it's more likely that sheffield wednesday will get relegated never mind promoted so I wonder what uh, happens then though if they go down to <laughs> league one yeah check the fucking small printer because i don't think they mentioned that what happens i mean there's more chance of them probably going non-league than there is uh promotion back to the premier league strange but some i'm sure some people will pay it yeah but uh, nobody with half a brain. It's quite probably. strange, isn't it, really, that the price of a 10-year season ticket at Sheffield Wednesday might just about get you a one-year season ticket at one of the London clubs. Yeah. Anyway, but I'd rather have this one year at a London club than uh, 10 years at Sheffield Wednesday, put it that way. Point number three, uh, well, Chris Budd's ideal away day. Uh, this, I don't know about uh, Max's, but uh, Barcelona had the pleasure of going to Ibiza in the Copa del Rey. Superb. Wasn't all one-way traffic, though, was it? No, Ibiza took the lead. And actually, they they should have gone two 0 up just before half time. They had an absolute sitter in front of the goal and somehow managed to miss it. And this was against a relatively strong Barca side that had Griezmann and uh, Frankie De Jong and quite a few other regulars in yeah. the side. And they just about scraped through two one with a, a really late goal. Do you know what the attendance was by any chance? I think was it's it about well... four. And, it's about four and a half thousand. The Ibiza ground. I know they put up a bit of additional seating as well, so it might have been a bit more like the Wolves. Yeah, I mean it's not the best weather uh, that Ibiza offers at the moment. But uh, now nah, you want to play if you're going to play them in a cup game, you want it about April or May, don't you? Or ideally in yeah. August or a you know pre-season friendly way oh, that'd be mega in july yeah i don't know why i don't why don't villa just put in for a pre-season against ibiza i mean what could go wrong two words jack Grealish. <laughs> <laughs> right before we move on 
just want to give a big shout out to the uh, My Omansa patrons and uh, those who have uh, signed up in the uh, the last few weeks. Uh, we are relaunched the patrons this uh, year, 2020, so the focus is more on providing you extra podcast content. There's also percentages off if you're uh, the t- one of the top three tiers of merch and it allows us to be independent and uh, justify putting out more shows and uh, it allows me to say fuck off to... Uh, emails that I get from uh, shonky app and betting companies offering me pathetic money but wanting shout outs of betting companies and wanting me to send them a copy of the podcast so they can use it on their network which we would get fuck all for so uh, thank you uh, all the patrons just for helping me uh, say fuck off to those kind of uh, leeches but I want to give a shout out uh, to I'm going to do uh, some now and then some at the end. Uh, people who begin, first names who begin with A and J, I'll say uh, the shout outs now are Andrew Shubotham, Adam Diehouse, John Besant, Jenny Birkin, Judy Derbyshire, James Wayhill, Julian de Shira. A massive thank you. And uh, there'll be more shout outs at the end of the show as well. But thank you very much uh, for your support past, present and future. Right then, Brighton, Watford, basically getting out the bottom three where everybody, I think, had that sinking feeling that uh, this is a real relegation battle this season for real. Uh, Max. Yes. How did you feel, for a bit of context of where we are now, compared to me, the feeling of uh, that injury time winner against Watford to the one we had against, well, the equaliser against Sheffield United when we came back from 3-0 last season? Um, Pretty pretty similar. I think, you know, the the 3-3 last season, it was kind of, you know, a semi-turning point. We were pretty much out of it um, at that yeah. point, mid-table nothingness in the championship. And, you know, it was just a bit of a laugh when we were 3-0 down. It was just taking the mick. It was that poor at, Villa, at that moment. Um, but yeah. Watford, that, that was absolutely massive because we simply couldn't afford to, well, lose that game. But even a point wasn't really putting out any statement to the league. Um, yeah, and to get yeah. the winner over, you know, a, a very good Watford side that, you know, the last five, six games have done very, very well. Picked up some massive wins. Um, so to just stop their run. Yeah, it was their first loss under Mr. Nigel Pearson, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know that is literally the epitome of a six-pointer. And for us to get the win there and get out of the relegation zone is absolutely huge. And the headline was, "We're above the hammers now." I really want to see the hammers down. Sorry, They're in free yeah. fall, aren't they? I'd love to see that stadium empty in the championship. <laughs> Jeez, Wickham going dumb. to the London Stadium. Absolute, wow. absolute dumb. The teams in the mix seems to uh, swap almost like weekly because uh, it was a vital win because you go back two weeks ago and uh, you could have said any of the bottom 10 were in the the mix, but then teams started to put wins together. Southampton now are looking at Europe rather than uh, relegation as their aim for the uh, rest of the season. Burnley, who we thought we dragged in uh, on New Year's Day when we beat them 2-1 at their patch, have suddenly uh, putting back-to-back victories together and uh, they've climbed out. So it was vital to peg back Brighton, first of all, with that draw. I mean, if we had lost that, that's another team that would, uh, I think we'd be four points away from then if we hadn't, was it five, four or five points away? Yeah, we'd we'd be in a really bad state. Yeah, I mean, if we had lost to Brighton and Watford, I think we're talking game over because we'd be uh, down there with the Norwich. But I mean, Max, what did you think going into uh, the Watford game and how, I mean, people have you know said like uh, only Mings and Grealish really got a, a proper cheer when they read out the... Uh, the players' names before the game. And there was a kind of a feeling that the, the tide was turning. I mean, people were saying, you know, Smith out over the last few weeks.
weeks, which, you know, I thought was kind of ridiculous because uh, you've got this situation. It's the same people at the start of the season who who said, I'll take 17th. I don't care what happens. I just want to finish 17th. I'll take 17th. Now, what do you expect to happen in a season for your team to finish 17th? Do you think they're going to play amazing football, string wins after wins together? no complaints and then suddenly you finish 17th uh, that doesn't happen you go to hell and back if you finish in 17th that means you're going a serious journey where it's not all going to be roses your manager's going to be under pressure so if you if that's all you want 17th then you fucking back him until uh, you get 17th there's a high potential that you'll be in the bottom three if you're going to finish 17th at some point of the season so there's this strange psychology uh, going on and i mean in, in terms of your friend group are you up for the battle or is there a bit of uh i don't like the word negativity but uh resignation shall we say that this might not be a great season or i think you've got to talk about expectations like you said at the start of the season just survival that's what i would have taken but you know we're all 100 percent behind dean smith you know you like you said you can't go through a season finish 17th without being you know in a proper proper dogfight looking at the table now there's five teams within two points of each other so it could easily go either way like towards the end of the season but I think just got to get behind the players and if we can you know pick up the it's not going to be pretty going towards the end of the season it's, yeah. it's probably going to be ugly um, especially when we play the, the sides around us but quite frankly who cares as long as we, we we stay up and then you know whatever happens in the summer we can progress and hopefully push on but like like I said it's not going to be you know pretty at all but if we're picking up these ugly wins you know against the sides around us you know we've got uh, Bournemouth coming up just played Watford Brighton yeah. just picking up these scrappy wins and the points where you can that's just what we've got to be doing but yeah it, it's it's tough but we've just got to just got to crack on Chris uh, somebody uh, made a comment on uh, the My Man Said website that uh, in terms of the relegation picture 24 of our 25 points have come against the other eight teams in the bottom nine and we only have four more of those games left against those eight teams uh, currently in the bottom at nine yep and he said that's the worry I mean, how do you approach that? Because I think they come up reasonably soon. And Max obviously mentioned the Bournemouth game on the horizon. I mean, I'll I'll add something to this, but what's your uh, feeling? Uh, Do you think we've got to get the business done uh, in these next uh, few months? Or uh, is it game by game? Game by game for me, because the goalposts can change. You know, we could play Liverpool and they've they've won the title. You could play teams later in the season you've got nothing to play for and that's what you want to do um, you know you could be playing mid-table teams who've got nothing I know we've got we entertain Palace I think we go to Newcastle um, sometimes the games who against teams who are right around you is more difficult yeah. than teams who've got very little like I look at something like the Man United home game as a huge opportunity for a potentially a big win I look at yeah. Tottenham who are you know, they're a good side don't get me wrong but they haven't got Harry Kane you have to see that as an opportunity the fact that we go to Bournemouth we go to Newcastle these these games have to be seen as opportunities and I think Smith has already said it a couple of times and I know he said it this week in his post-match that his teams traditionally wherever he's been have always finished the season better than they started yeah and I think this team can it's that thing of the confidence growing Everyone believes there's a little bit of momentum going on um, and it's just about keeping it going. The fact that we've started to win ugly gives me hope that we can actually take scalps against some of these teams. We've got Arsenal at home. You have to see that as an opportunity. Yeah. You know, while they're big teams in stature, we've actually played what I would class as the the big form teams in the league. You know, you've already entertained Liverpool. You've, um, you've, played Leicester and you've played City all at home we've gone to City you know we've, we've actually got a lot of the what I'd call the really really difficult ones out of the way by Liverpool away and that could be a dead rubber by the time we 
go there. Well, the situation is what I was going to add is uh, people forget this chap identified these, uh, you know, the bottom nine. But as you've alluded to there, games against West Ham, Bournemouth, Newcastle, they're going to be like, let's say they're the toughest uh, games in in my opinion, because if you look at how the table's shaping up, I think the top four is almost a given. So if you uh, fast forward to a couple of weeks, if that top fours established the rest of the teams are just going to be uh playing until they get to the beach so that creates a lot of teams who've got nothing to play for so there's an opportunity for villa to start beating you know whoever they come up against and this is a team that's obviously uh in a transition it's rebuilding and it's only gonna well in theory is only going to get better and people like danny drinkwater is only going to get better as he gets more games samata is only going to get better as he uh, learns the system, etc. John McGinn pops back. I mean, the only thing uh, I will say about Villa, the main danger is as long as Mings and Grealish stay fit, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, because I actually think, similarly to before, I know we've said it numerous times, McGinn needed a rest when he did, but I have a feeling you're going to get him back like a Duracell bunny because he will not enjoy being on the sidelines. I don't know if you saw the video of him celebrating yeah, the, the Conza goal with his crutch bouncing up and down on one foot, but he's bang up for it still. And I think I think we might get a better version of John McGinn when he comes back. He'll be leaner, meaner. He'll have done sort of a little bit of his analysis work in terms of why things weren't quite working in the last few games. I think he'll have his head bang in the right place and well, it'll be like a brand new signing. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the last six uh, games form guide, uh, Villa are now seventh in that league. Um, Watford, I think, was second before we beat them because they're currently fourth. Well, they'd won five of the last six, hadn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, they were definitely second to, obviously, the imperious Liverpool. So, you know, I, I didn't realise that we were that kind of high up. I mean, seventh is where we were. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago where if all games finished at 80 minutes uh, we were we'd, we would be seventh in the league so we're kind of at least on that form now I mean Max do you feel like we've got a bit of momentum now I mean it feels weird because it's it seems well it's only a couple of weeks ago when Manchester City uh, bottled us literally but when you look at the form guide, it looks when you look at Bournemouth, uh, West Ham, they're in the bottom of the uh, the form guide. These are the teams that seem to be dropping, and they're the ones that we can take take advantage of. Yeah, definitely. I think if you just look at twenty twenty, we've been to you know Turf Moor, Burnley, which isn't an easy place to go at all. We've won there. 
gone to yeah. Leicester. I know it wasn't in the league, but we've got a draw there, which is a really good result. Forget Man City that, that you know they can do that to anyone. Um, you know Watford, we we battled through it, got a last minute winner. So it, all in all, twenty twenty's been decent. Um, yeah. But just looking at the table there, I think there's you know there's three mini leagues. You've got the top four, and then you've got you know fifth down to all the way down to fourteenth, and then below that it's kind of a scrap between six teams so you know it's going to be really tough but if we, we've, we have got momentum and you know we like you said earlier we, we do seem to we do seem to beat the sides around us yeah it's you know unfortunate that we haven't got many of those games left which is why you've got to look at Bournemouth in a couple of weeks and think absolutely massive massive game and you know it's typical Villa that you know Bournemouth have picked up a win in their last game so <laughs> they're going to be bang up for it as well um I but, hope yeah. you're not the first person to say that uh, somebody said typical Villa we always play teams at the wrong time yeah, they'll probably beat us, Bournemouth. It'll be a typical Villa. Well, it's, it's, it's happened all season, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. you look at West Ham, who are dreadful now. And we actually, When we played them at Villa Park, I was really impressed with them. They look, they started the season really well. They were in second yeah. or something, weren't they? It was ridiculous. Yeah, they started really yeah. well. They look pretty spineless at the moment. I look at Newcastle, who are somehow in 14th, five points ahead of us, and they were still the worst team I've seen at Villa Park this year. So these teams can all have runs and drops, and I, th- yeah. I think they. I think Newcastle aren't out of trouble. I don't think Burnley are out of trouble. I think Everton will get better. Even someone like Palace could drop. We beat the teams around us. Newcastle beat the teams like in the top five. That's yeah, their, it's weird. Uh, it's the way they stay up. But I mean, interestingly, uh, when you look at the table, I mean, you look at Burnley, thirteenth place, and only four teams, and they're all in the top four, have won more games than Burnley, who have nine wins. You know, Sheffield United have got eight wins. Wolves eight wins and they're in seventh seventh and eighth place and we've but we've won more games than arsenal yes and uh you know we've got seven wins and this is a weird it's it's the teams that aren't losing games seem to be apart from the top four that's what's determining your league place at the moment i mean the only stat that uh we need to rectify and that's i think we're the only team who haven't kept a clean sheet away from home and that's why we are in 16th as opposed to uh, four or five places above we're just there's a few games that perhaps we uh, could have knuckled down and got a draw from but i think we've there's a change in character now i mean max what do you think about this back three formation are you convinced with it yet i mean there's still a bit of we mentioned on the last show where there seems to be a channel in between either side of mings that forwards are running and uh, there's been a bit of confusion who should pick up you know that man and we've conceded goals in the crossfire of uh, the hesitancy of marking but, but overall how do you see it playing out and uh, when Samata starts uh, do you think that will help it? Um, I'd like to think so I think like you said the I think the Dini goal um, on Tuesday night was a prime example you've got three centre-halves there and literally no no one's near Dini he's got a free <laughs> header so that you know it's not ideal that but overall you've got to look at Courtney Hawes Esri Khan Satara and Mings don't have a lot of Premier League experience they're all very young well apart from Mings is yeah. 26 but it's, it's worked fairly well I think you know it's had its teeth and problems but it's it's okay they're, they're all fairly fast so the, the three centre half things works as well I think it's good for yeah. the full backs as well it allows Freddie Gilbert who's probably our only bit of pace in the side at the moment apart from Samata but we haven't seen that yet um, Target's yeah. had a, a few difficult weeks but you know I think it suits him he's Probably a lot of people say he's better going forward, so I think it suits the fullbacks as well. So we've got the players for the three at the back. Um, I'd like to see how Samata works in it. You've got the midfield, Jack Grealish pulling the strings, hopefully Samata playing on the shoulder of the last defender, which we haven't seen at Villa in a long time. Wesley clearly wasn't that striker who was going to yeah. play on the last man and get in behind. We haven't had a lot of pace up front 
as long as I can remember really I think the last one was probably Gabby the really fast striker we had so that'll be interesting yeah. to see how that sort of works but no I'm looking forward to seeing how it works with Samata and, and things like this so it's positive going forward yeah as I, as I highlighted in uh, the last show when we were talking about the Watford game uh, Target when he got in position uh, I think he suffered from us not having a striker in there so uh, I'm hoping uh, Samata will uh, actually aid our uh, wing backs and make them productive because you know some of his crosses were going in reasonable areas but there's just nobody there to uh that's what they need they need to know yeah they need to know somebody's going to be there don't they yeah i mean you, you think when when um target gets into those positions unlike taylor he just wraps his foot around the ball and delivers you know he did one in the first half where he smashed it out for a goal kick and everyone had their head in their hands but at least he's in the position and you think you know it was instrumental in the second uh, sorry the the equalizer for louise where he got you know ran right past Grealish, was the final man really good drilled sort of cross shot and obviously it fell to louise at the back post it's that's where you want to see him being yeah. always being that extra man over and that's what Gilbert's there to do as well yeah right let's let's move on just to the january window quickly uh obviously some matters in we've we've spoken to uh, about him uh, a little bit um, i think it's time for a budding linguist uh, segment uh, since you were uh, taught our listeners uh, some Spanish last time. Uh, I think it's time for a bit of uh, Tanzania culture, just quickly. Yeah, well, they speak Swahili over there, don't they? So, uh, Mazi Wangu Alisima is my old man said in Swahili. And uh, if, if he manages to score against Leicester, which we've all got fingers and toes crossed for, we can all shout Ingia Huko Mwag Nagu, which is get in there, my son. And one thing we don't want to be is uh, what... Tanzania refers to in the football context as the madman's head. Can you explain that? Can you pronounce it in Swahili? Kichwa cha mwangdawazimu, which is the Tanzanian equivalent of whipping boys, coined by former president Ali Hassan Moimi, lamenting Tanzania's dismal international record. Moimi compared the team to a madman who allows barbers to use his head to practice on. He's, he'll be all right. He's not going to be a, a madman's head. Do you know what? He, he came across, having watched his uh, his interview finally the other day, he comes across a really nice guy and someone you kind of want to, you know, you root for to win, he seems. He almost yeah. has the... Um, the sort of air of like a young Dwight York about him, that kind of beaming smile, really happy to be here, really, really proud to be representing his country. I, I think he's a really hungry player. Yeah, that's the mad, uh, the mad thing. The uh, the main thing is, I think there is that responsibility of what it means to be uh, in the Premier League and representing his country. It's, it's you know, he's not just there for himself. He's also uh, he'll feel that he's got to deliver to make his country proud. So hopefully that will be in our in our favour. Uh, speaking of uh, one of our strikers that's gone to another country, old Codgers moved to Qatar. He started started off with a hat trick, but uh, get a feeling that any one of us three would have scored a double hat trick, probably against the opposition uh, they were playing. But uh, I wanted, uh, I was, he never had a future. I mean, Dean Smith pretty much spelt it out and said he wasn't good enough for this level which has been the consensus for pretty much every other manager because he's never ever nobody's ever fancied him in the Premier League and you could see why even though uh, like he scored in around 20 goals I think it was 19 right, for Bristol City they finished just a couple of places above the uh, relegation zone in that season when he scored the similar amount for us, we were in the uh, bottom half. And it just shows that, okay, he, he, if he scores one goal in a game, there's potential that if he wasn't so selfish and could pass it, we may have scored two or three and actually, you know, won games that perhaps we drew. So I could 
you know, when we used to do this podcast when we were in the championship, you just thought, yeah, he's, he kind of, even though he can score, he, he also holds you back as a, as a team. And that was something we always uh, complained about. Uh, were you sorry to see him go, Mr. Stokes? Um, not really. I think it said a lot that Dean Smith was prepared to let him go before we'd even got Samata in and leave us with literally yeah. no strikers. I think that, you know, said volumes. And the interview we did, you know, when Codger left, it said a lot. You didn't fancy him at all. I think that Fulham game in the FA Cup summed it up perfectly. He just, yes, he yeah. scored, but it's just his work rate and his movement. He just looks lazy. He looks half-arsed. And he could tell that he knew that he wasn't going to be at Villa in the long term. And he just wanted to get yeah. out of there as soon as possible. And if, you know, that's his mentality, do you really want him at the club? But I'm happy with, you know, Samata. Like uh, Chris said, in the interview he looks you know he speaks really well seems like a nice yeah. guy seems like he's got a bit of um you know personality about him so look forward to seeing what he can do yeah if we got two to two and a half million uh from codger from uh, our friends in uh, doha then uh, happy days uh, also kalinich has gone out on loan to toulouse you know obviously they've seen something as Smith saw in Codger, where he just thought, yeah, that's not for us. But, uh, you know, obviously no complaints there because Pepe Reina came in and uh, is doing very well. Uh, just quickly, the Ramussen table, uh, if you have been paying attention, it's uh, we've called it the relegation and not table. One of the mom's patrons uh, sent it in, Christopher, not to Christopher 1 this is Christopher 2 and it's basically tracks where if you haven't seen it yet uh, historically 42 points has seen any team safe in the Premier League teams have survived on 36 though so it sees how we're tracking against those two marks so anywhere in between 42 36 is uh, it's, you're in the lap of the football gods there in terms of survival but if we hit 42 then it's happy days at the moment we're tracking two points off being on course for 42 so we're in the zone where potentially we do would say stay up anyway because we're above that we're, I mean we're probably tracking for about 40 points which is also traditionally good enough to stay up but obviously there's been the odd season where uh, it hasn't been enough so I just wanted to give you that update uh, before we get into the Scott Hogan touch count challenge it's back first one of the year first one of the year that's that's why uh max max has been saying sorry i'm not coming on the show unless you have a scott hogan <laughs> he's been reading up as well and, I, and i've been like sorry mate but no we're not having it he said well you know see you later mate <laughs> i'm buzzing dan rogers we've stripped him of the title because he's a wall so uh should we get i think we're offering up the title to the winner of this Ooh. and uh it's not a one-off is it we're starting again we start afresh what do you mean new year new hogan touch cut meter yeah, yeah. new title uh, just historically, historically for our listeners, uh, who, who's uh, fared the best out of when you two have uh, clashed previously? Not me. I normally do really bad. Yeah, not him. <laughs> and then I started really well against Rogers, and then he, I think he started cheating because he just started <laughs> flattening everyone. Pulling out miracle wins. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah. a bit suspicious, isn't it? If you're new to the uh, Scott Hogan touch count challenge, basically it used to be all about Scott Hogan. How many touches had he had in a game? I don't think he plays football anymore. I mean, there's been no real sightings of him on a p- football pitch. No, he's a, he's a cushion, isn't he? Yeah, so what happens is we have the best of three rounds, first one to two, and in those rounds you have... First of all, uh, there's two rounds of guesses. You guess uh, how many uh, touches he's had, or obviously if he's not playing, whatever the scenario is and the player is that I throw up. In the third round, if nobody's got it yet, I will uh, drop in a little clue if one is necessary, i.e. nobody's even close. And uh, after that, the closest one uh, takes the round. Right, who's going first? Go on, Max. Go on, then. Ooh, 
very generous. Right then, so uh, I thought we'd give this a con- uh, bit of context since Hogan's not playing anymore. I don't know if he's retired or, or what the situation is there. We're going to uh, have a look at old uh, Ali Samata, who's oh. uh, now a Villa player. It's so it's a Samata touch count. So uh, he played Liverpool twice in the Champions League this season. At home in Ghent, they got pumped 4-1. Ouch. Interestingly, he was playing, I think I mentioned this on the last show, he was playing behind the front man, more as a false nine or a supporting striker. Uh, he played the whole game. He got three shots uh, in, uh, one on target, one four aerials. I'm giving, these are clues. So, Max, how many touches did he have in the whole game against Liverpool at Ghent when they got beat 4-1 in their first Champions League meeting with the Scouse? I do actually remember watching this game. I did watch it. Was you subconsciously counting? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish. Um, oh, let's think about this. I'm going to say 23. That's quite low. No, yeah, we'll go 23. 23, first guess from Stokes. Mr. Bud? 27. Bud goes up 27. Second round, Mr. Stokes? I will go with 30. Ooh, going up. Mr. Bud, next guess? Uh, 29. Right. Uh, Nobody's even close at the moment. Uh, You're at least, uh, let's say, put it this way. I mean, I can't uh, say a a number to give you too much of a clue, but you're at least five out, at least. Oh, do I go again then? Yeah. Okay. Oh, they didn't have a lot of the ball in that game. Uh, I'm going to go up. It might be a big mistake, but I'm going to go... 38. 38 from Mr. Stokes. What was Max's first guess? Ooh, you should be writing this down. Don't tell him, don't tell him. <laughs> 23, wasn't it? 23. Oh. I'm, I'm going to say, like, 16. Ooh. Well, 42. Stokes yes! 1-0. Wow. Get it. 42 touches when they lost 4-1. Yeah, I tell, you, and... I tell you what, now that's a good sign for Villa. It's a good sign, everybody. <laughs> 42 touches and they got spanked 4-1 at home. So this is him playing wow. uh, slightly behind. So I think you would have been more, I think you'd have been playing on the tip of the midfields at the Link halfway up. line, trying to close them down. That's what I would imagine. Oh, no, it, that means he's going to start taking the ball off Mings. <laughs> <laughs> Get in but... the box. When they played, right, second round, we are now off to Anfield. Who's starting here? Chris, I think I'll it's your, your... He scored uh, in Liverpool. the Anfield. He scored. Liverpool won 2-1. He scored. Uh, he won three aerials in this. Uh, he always, he's always winning aerial. I mean, if you win three or four, that's decent for a forward. I mean, Hawes, for example, is winning 9-11 as a defender when we're under pressure. Uh, but this time he played as a front two. Uh, I think they played a 3-5-2, pretty similar to Villa, but obviously using two forwards instead. Played all uh, the full game. So how many touches did he have? Uh, 30. 30 first stab. Um, I will go with 26. A bit different than uh, the old uh, Scott Hogan. Feels strange. I know, yeah. yeah. A nosebleed with these numbers. Big numbers are being used. <laughs> uh, 32. Ooh, Chris has edged his bets going up a bit. I will go with... 36. 36. Uh, you're kind of in the ballpark, uh, these guesses, so I'm going to leave it open for just a third guess. Ooh. 34. 34 from uh, Mr. Bird. Final guess from Stokes. Can he convert for victory? The goal is gaping. I'm going to say oh, 40. <laughs> That's like, I th- I'd probably give that one in off the post because it was 39 to. Yes! 
Maximizing. Come on. No, no messing. Just blows Bud out. But Bud's got to go back into training. He's he's having a mare recently. Clean sheet as well. Come on. He used to be the king. Stokes did a Peter Whiff there. He hit his shin in off the post from a yard out, didn't he? Nearly missed it. They all count. Uh, It's a shame we didn't go into a tiebreaker because that would have been Troy Deeney, everybody's favourite player. We didn't want to talk about him anyway, did we? (laughs) He got 45 touches against Villa. Good for him to stick his 45 touches up his arse. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I I like the fact that he plays with the banter. I mean, he plays... Oh, no, to be fair, uh, because he's all right. Yeah, yeah, and he comes across as a decent guy. He understands the... To be uh, fair to him, he puts a shift in, considering he's a lone striker. He puts himself about. He's one of those annoying players, isn't he? Most people would like that kind of player. Yeah, but he's one of those players that only a team, you know, like your Watfords or whatever, would ever take a chance on him. You know, you'd never play yeah. for Manchester United or, you know, Liverpool or whatever. No, well, Smith Smith had him, didn't he, at Warsaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought his gesture was quite funny. Even funnier was the video, if, I don't know if you saw it, or if even if you're in the lower Holt, what the lower Holt was saying to him. Oh, yeah, I did see that. It was a, almost, ru- almost running out of swear words to, uh, to call him. <laughs> I think somebody put the video up trying to uh, get Villa fans done for racism, but the only racial thing said was labelling him a blue nose. Now, I don't know if that classes as uh, racism. Well, blue is a colour, David. Well, there you go. Sure, sure the barrage of abuse wasn't like aimed at our centre backs. But no, I, I thought it was that, that was you know that's why you like football. That's what uh, it's all know, about that, that kind of rivalry. It's all good fun, and it makes getting a last minute winner even better. We got the last kick of the game after all of that, and the time exactly. wasting. And you know, is their coach got has their coach got home yet? By the way, or are they still oh, taking their time? That was dreadful. That's the worst I've ever seen. That time wasting. How the ref didn't do yeah. anything about it, I'll never know. Crap, Shocking. Max. Yeah. It all adds to the drama, but as we it said does. on the last show, John Terry gave uh, the Bull Boys a little bit of uh, called one up, told him to tell everybody else to speed up the game, put the ball straight in the Foster's hands, etc. And uh, we can uh, give credit to them for helping with the victory. So thank you very much again. We did uh, dedicate the last podcast to the Villa Bull Boys, didn't we? We did indeed. Right, the final uh, thank you very much to the Mayo Man Said patrons. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet and, and have been thinking about it, please go to MayoManSaid.com com and click on the patron link uh, thank you also for signing up in the last week uh, luke waymer rob warsfold craig wright carmel quinn ian bruntlett who returns thank you very much ian stuart roberts tilly tally ho that's what they want to be called as cameron gordon Tudor Richards and David Oakes. Thank you very much, guys, and welcome aboard. Uh, also, uh, Max Stokes knows a thing or two about merchandise. There is also uh, some uh, My Old Man Said mugs have been released after I've had a few samples just to make sure everything is in line. So uh, do go to the My Old Man Said shop and uh, check them out there. You can also get some discount if you're a patron uh, in the top three tiers. So uh, don't forget to put in the codes that have been sent to you. Actually, when you sign up as a patron, 
and you might not have the code. So if you want a code, uh, drop me a line uh, if you're in uh, the tiers, top three tiers. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we must get out of here. Max Stokes has television to watch. Do check out his uh, channel, Villa on Tour, and the budding channel, Max on Tour. I, I hear that both channels are massive in Tanzania. Yeah, they actually are. I did a video on um, <laughs> Samata. The amount of Tanzanians in the comments saying, oh, that's our guy, that's our guy. And, you know, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. We're all He's going on a man. summer holiday. Yeah, pre-season, yeah. Tanzania. I did mention this. Uh, uh, at the, uh, the Just quickly, the, uh, the West Midlands Police Independent uh, Advisory Group meeting, we had Kick It Out there, uh, Anwar from uh, Kick It Out, who used to play for uh, West Ham back in the day, but great chap, really nice chap. And uh, I was telling him about uh, the issues with our Egyptian, our new Egyptian fan base, and uh, how they uh, attacked the any LGBT uh, references on uh, the Villa Facebook group. So uh, these new fans bring fresh chat challenges at times uh, but hopefully uh, the Tanzanians won't be hostile to you mate hope not but uh, please do spread the word uh, on uh, the podcast and uh, retweet it when you see it on Twitter and share it about and if you know uh, any other Villa sophisticated intelligent sexy fans make sure you tell them about it and uh, get them aboard and also join the uh, the mad few facebook group as well to uh, continue the conversation throughout the week uh, we, we we don't have idiots in there do we chris we make sure it's uh, we don't man it's streamlined it's selective. people who believe well people who know the reality of uh, villa and uh, what this team is about and where we're going to anyway thank you very much to max and chris for coming on the show again and uh, oh we didn't talk about leicester just in a nutshell are we going to win max tell me please okay sarah sarah that's all i'll say chris fuck yeah we are <laughs> sorry max i've got a confession to make a week we met we bumped into max in town and uh i think we we all got tickets uh, on on a certain deadline that popped up but i've got a confession to make max oh, you're not Actually, moving are you a week later moved. i moved no where are you going <laughs> because well I, I wanted to go in the hole i was like right this is a semi-final i looked in our that block we were in and there was like four 356 empty and i thought it's yeah, a funny one that I thought, yeah, it's a semi-final. Everybody's going back to the normal places. But but then I looked around and I thought, let's do let's keep on the mood of doing something different. So I'm like sat behind the dugout almost. I'm going Ooh. for ma- match experiencing behind uh, the the Villa boys in the dugout. Yeah, I tell you what, what a difference a last minute goal brings. Because I I checked online for someone else to get them a ticket the morning of the Watford game. Sorry, the Monday before. Yeah. And there were about six and a half thousand empty seats for that game. Wow. Now there's about a thousand left in a couple wow. of days. So everyone all of a sudden is believing. Yeah. And on that note, uh, I'll see you, Max and Chris, uh, in the centre circle uh, Tuesday night uh, <laughs> in, in the middle of the night. Wrap up warm. It's going to be Bring cold. Bring a cushion. Bring a cushion, yeah. If uh, if Villa win that game, I'm going to do a competition for a My Old Man Said Cushion. A My Old Man Said Cushion, you said. I got one. Just I just they got it made for majestic. I got it made for a laugh and it's got like a velvet finish and the cover of that my old man said podcast the rolling stones rip off it just fucking works as a cushion it's unbelievable so if we beat leicester tuesday night there'll be a competition on the next show for one of them anyway thank you very much gents and until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.